Is this thing on? Is uh, anyone out there? Well, if you're listening, welcome to Little Talks. Little Talks is exactly that. It's just me and you, and we're having a conversation. And maybe you're listening, maybe you're not. But I know that I'm here, and we have to talk about something. Because sometimes at the end of the day, that's the only thing left to do. We have to talk. This uh, is very different from my usual content. Usually I have a script in front of me, a script that I've worked on for a good amount of time. Could be a couple of days, could be a couple of weeks. But with little talks, I have one or two lines in front of me. Just the main idea of what it is I want to talk about. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. We'll also see how long it lasts. I hope I can talk about this for half an hour at the very least. But whatever we get is whatever we get. So, first and foremost, how are you? I hope that you're doing well. I really do. As uh, cynical as I can be, and I can be very cynical given the circumstances, I really do want the best for each and every one of you. I want you all to succeed. I want you to accomplish your dreams, reach your goals, whether those goals are big, whether they're small, whether it's something as simple as finally, finally going to the gym like you said you were going to. I hope that you pull it off. I know that I got a lot of dreams, and I know that a lot of those dreams aren't going to be accomplished. Just, just no time. But one of the things that I really do want to do to accomplish is this. I don't know about success. I don't know how many of you actually listen. It could be a handful of you. It could be six of you. It could be three of you. But it doesn't matter. We're going to keep going. Because this journey deserves to be made. It's the journey of all of us. So, I'm glad that you're here. I hope you're doing well. If you're sick, take care of yourself. If you're listening to this and you just want a friendly voice to encourage you, to help you keep going. Well, I don't know if that's what I am. But that's what I want to be. I want to be a voice of reason. I want to be positive. I'm trying. I really am trying because it's not easy for anyone really to be positive, especially in the world we live in today. It's hard. Speaking of the world we live in today, I have something. I have a few things that I want to talk to you about. And the first is our fascination with the post-apocalypse. You're probably thinking, what are you going on? Well, see, here's the thing. You know how when you're making small talk with people, sometimes you have to do it because you have to do it, but you don't really want to. Instead, you want to have a deep and interesting conversation with that person about something that maybe, just maybe, no one really cares about. Well, that's little talks. That's that's what we're going to do here. I know we actually did the whole small talk just a little bit ago, but that's just a... Uh, kind of just kind of breaking the ice i just kind of want to get to know you all also again i think that's a car i live in a bad neighborhood people do that 
I used to go nuts and try to edit it out. If you hear it, you hear it. If you don't hear it, great. But uh, the only thing I'm really going to edit out are those long and awkward pilot. Uh, pilot. Blah. Silence. The long and awkward silences. Because maybe we get a few of those, but maybe we don't. Anyway. What do I mean by fascination with post-apocalypse? Well, there's just a lot of movies and TV shows and video games and books that have to do with the post-apocalypse. And I got three of them here, but I want to talk about one that's not on this list. I want to talk about The Last Man. And maybe you never read The Last Man. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't think I read it either. But the idea of Mary Shelley writing a book about a disease that kills everyone except for one person. Because Mary Shelley wrote this book way back when, you know, because she's not exactly recent. She's the same lady that wrote Frankenstein in case the name doesn't seem familiar to you. I'm pretty sure you know who Frankenstein is. Or Frankenstein's monster who wasn't named Frankenstein. I don't know if the creature actually has a name or not. It's been a while. But um, the same lady who wrote Frankenstein also wrote this book. And according to Wikipedia, or at least if, I don't know if I read it somewhere, but it was the first novel that featured a post-apocalyptic storyline you know something that takes place after society has crumbled it was the first one but it wouldn't be the only one for too long that's another car i i, I can only do what i can do a little bit after that i think hg wells started getting into it he wrote a few stories that were considered post-apocalyptic i think the time machine has a setting that's something that's very similar to that you know the you have the Ewoks. No, they're not Ewoks. What are they? The Eloy? Eloy. That's what they are. They're Eloy. And you have the Morlocks. And uh, I guess that's post-apocalyptic. I can only really recall the movie with Guy Pearce. That movie wasn't really great, but special effects were really good. But um, I can only recall that movie really. I want to say I read that book when I was a kid, but I don't know. I, I read a lot of things when I was a kid. And now I don't remember. Well, that was the first one, and ever since then, we've gotten so many stories. Like I said, ever since then, we've gotten so many stories about the apocalypse, about the end of the world, and about what comes next after the end. And I think it's because deep down inside, we kind of know that society as it exists has to end there has to be a great natural reset in order for us to survive to endure because the way things are structured now it's just it's not sustainable and no one wants to talk about that no one wants to realize that and the few people that do well everybody kind of looks at them kind of weird even now if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, what are, you, what are you on about? Why are you talking about the end of the world? The world's not going to end. 
But maybe it does. That's See, that's the cool thing about stories like this, is they take a question that maybe is a bit uncomfortable to ask yourself, like the end of the world, and suddenly they answer it. And everyone has a different answer to it. They're all kind of similar, but at the same time, they're different. And the point, the social commentary they make about our society is also different. Sometimes it's, oh, don't let hubris get the best of you. Or sometimes is society may change, but people don't. Sometimes it's about the haves and the have-nots. But even though there are science fiction stories, um, post-apocalyptic events have occurred in society. Like, we've seen them. Uh, people talk about missing civilizations, prehistoric civilizations, and more evidence is being found day by day that maybe something was around. Something a lot more advanced than what we think was advanced. I'm not going to go off into a tangent and start talking about ancient aliens because that's silly. I think that whole thing is silly because it just kind of, it takes away from mankind's ability to create to achieve these great feats to simply say oh that pyramid was built by aliens i don't know i don't think so i think a man could build that pyramid too maybe we don't know how they did it but i'm pretty sure they did it but we don't know how it's you know it's something that's been lost to history so there have been post-apocalyptic events um i was talking with my old man the other day and mentioning to him how when the Europeans came to these lands to what they called the New World you know they brought on disease and a lot of natives died and they had a apocalyptic event of their own that no one really talks about imagine your entire village just dying mysteriously and, well with all the things that have happened in the last couple of years that's not that hard to imagine but imagine that happening and imagine you're the last survivor and you have to carry on and you have to keep going and then maybe five years later these people show up and now you have to fight them off because they want everything you own and you don't have the strength you don't have the numbers to do that history's weird like that there's a lot of historical events that we just don't have all the details about we have glimpses of what truly happened because it's not like we have videos we don't have real pictures we just have descriptions of people who kept diaries of people who thought it was important enough to record what was going on in front of them for posterity and that worries me a little bit because i don't know a lot of people nowadays who are exactly doing that at least not in journals yeah everyone's got a tiktok and everyone's got youtube and people make videos but all our knowledge that's stored like in digital the way we store everything nowadays yeah that could all just go away one day people don't realize how fragile our society truly has become in that aspect our banking systems our monetary systems just everything that relies on a computer isn't really built to last the information is simply moved from an older medium to a newer medium it's not really safeguarded somewhere 
where it's going to last forever the way, you know, hieroglyphs have seemingly last forever. That's not going to happen. If we had a solar flare or something like that, oh, bye-bye, you know, there goes everything we've ever discovered, everything we've ever known, there goes society in a pinch. And uh, the good thing about that is that there's already been a decent amount of books that have been written about that. And again, just stories about the post-apocalyptic. I told you guys that I wanted to talk about three of them in particular. And I'm going to try my best to not spoil them depending on how old they are. Two of them are fairly recent. The other one's super old and it's a series in general. So spoilers, but not really. I don't know. We'll see. So the first one I wanted to talk to you about was Horizon, the Horizon game series um, for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. This is not an ad. If you've played them, great. I know you guys like them. If you never played them, maybe it's not up your alley. And you know what? That's okay. We can have different tastes and still get along. And I feel too many people don't understand that notion anymore. There's just so much... So much divisiveness in this world. Anyway, the Horizon game series is a post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic story. Like it's post-post-apocalyptic in the sense that it deals with a civilization that knows the old world ended, but they don't know why. They just know they existed. There's remnants of them and they knew that they reached a level of technology that's superior to what they have now, but they don't have all the details. And as you play the game, you get all the details, and it truly becomes a fantastic story. It's something I've never seen before. I've never read about that concept. Like, it's very hardcore science fiction in that sense, but made in a way that's very easy to digest. I really wish I could say more without really spoiling it. Um, but another story that's very much in the same vein is Dr. Stone. And Dr. Stone's an anime that uh, came out, well, I want to say it was 2019, 2020. It's not super old by any stretch of the imagination. But Dr. Stone is great because in the same sense, you suddenly find yourself in this world that's new, that's hasn't been harmed. It's almost like it's been given back to nature. And all that had to happen is, well, you know, you get rid of the people. <laughs> that sounds really grim. Uh, this show is not what you're imagining. That's just like the worst description of the show that I can give. I tell people all the time, maybe you don't like anime and that's fine. But it's not for kids, you know, it's not all for children. Just like with regular TV and, and movies, you have content that's aimed at children, content that's aimed at teenagers, you have content that's aimed at adults. Dr. Stone is a great story in that sense because it's about an apocalyptic event that turns all of humanity into stone. And when our protagonist wakes up, he wakes up in distant distant future and all the things i just talked about the fragility of our society and how 
easily would be to lose all of our information. Well, that stuff kind of happens in that show. So everything has to be done from scratch. You see how hard it is to come up with something as simple as soap, let alone something like glass, copper, electricity. Those things become commodities. They become triumphs to be able to achieve artificial light. We forget how hard it was to pull it off. How hard it was before, how hard it would be to do so again. I have no doubt that we could get there, but it would take time. I like both of those games because they basically have to deal with this notion that lost information, you know, uh, no details as to the past. It's almost like, I, I like how I wrote do-over. The notion of a do-over. It's, it's actually very real with both of these series. So, if you've never seen Dr. Stone, if you don't watch anime, I would recommend this one. The fan service is very minimal. There's some of it, I guess. But it's very minimal. It's very kid-friendly in that sense. It's not adultish in any way, shape, or form. And as opposed to... Uh, not as opposed to. And then with Horizon, you know, it's... I think it's rated T or rated M, but... Yeah, it, it's a platform. You know, there's moments where you're jumping and walking and running. Other moments where you're shooting a bow and arrow. Explosions. It's so easy to check things out nowadays. If I say something, you can just look it up on your phone. Watch a trailer on YouTube and boom, blast. There you go. I don't know why I said blast. But anytime I think about post-apocalyptic, I think about Dr. Stone now. Lately, I think about Horizon but one of the ones that really kind of sparked the interest of those type of storylines, well, that was Fallout. I remember playing the first Fallout a couple of years after it came out. I am by no means a computer gamer or a PC gamer. I've always been a console, console person. Uh, I didn't really have a computer until I was uh, like 12. 13. I want to say that's when my old man bought a computer for the first time. Very proud that he did that. He said he was going to and he did. Kept his word. And uh, we made that thing wrong way longer than it should have ran. But uh, but I digress. Uh, I don't think I played Fallout on that computer. I think it was the computer afterwards where I started to play Fallout, the first game. And uh, you really needed the manual to play that game to truly understand how it worked. And unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't have that manual, so I kind. I, I was just kind of winging it as it went along. And that's yeah, not a game for kids. There's a lot of serious, heavy uh, themes that are addressed in those games. It's an isometric game. Looking at it now, it it looks very out of out of time very outdated but playing it I was enthralled with with the lore of it and the thing is I didn't even know that what I was most interesting uh, most interested in was the lore I didn't know that I didn't know that there was a name for the accumulative 
backstories, the world building, the setting. I didn't know that was a thing growing up. I just knew I like this. I like the idea of roaming a wasteland. Although, you know, I may like it. Realistically, I couldn't do it. It's just, come on. If we were suddenly dropped off in any post-apocalyptic storyline, we wouldn't be the protagonist. We'd be the helpless people running and getting crushed by the wave or attacked by the asteroid or something. Come on, that would be us. Let's let's not beat around the bush. That's exactly who we'd be. We are not main protagonist in any sense of the word. That's not. It's not real life. I wish it was. It's not. Um, what I liked about the Fallout series was that it was very clear why the end came it's not like dr stone or horizon where people don't know oh they don't know why why the end of the world came that's not the case in fallout instead you see these groups of people coming literally out of the ground trying to survive what man has done to each other they talk about the great war of 2077 it happened on a saturday what is it? October 23rd, 27. That's the date. That's the famous date that they give out in these Fallout games. That's when the Great War happened and the United States and China dropped bombs, atomic bombs on each other. And uh, all those fears that, you know, were so rampart, rampart. All the fears that we, uh, the people had in the 1950s about atomic power and what it was going to lead to. Fallout takes all of that stuff and then it just runs away with it. And and so you see a society that has been built by people who have come out of the ground who know fully well what the world was like before the Great War. And they know what the world is like afterwards. And the interesting thing about the first two series that I've talked about, well, with the exception of Dr. Stone, we don't know how that ends just yet. I mean, if you read the manga, you do. I haven't read the manga, so just no spoilers. Yeah? Yeah? Cool. The thing about Horizon is... You don't know if humanity is ever going to reach that level of technology. That level of civilization ever again. And in the Fallout series, you definitely know that humanity's never... Never gonna get there again. Instead, all the old nations, the old kingdoms... All these established systems that are long gone in that world by now, they're replaced by new nations and new systems and new societies. They take a little bit of the old and add a little bit of the new, and humanity just keeps going. As Ron Perlman says it best, he says, you know, war never changes, but people do. He didn't say that last part, but I think, I think so. I think people change. I don't know. I'm trying to be positive here. I'm trying to be positive. Um, the last... The last... Post-apocalyptic story... Is... Uh, that I want to bring up. That I'd like you guys to... Read or check out. I just watch a YouTube video or something. I don't know. Get the Cliff's Notes. Just something different. Something... Something to change your routine. That's, that's why we're doing this. The last one is called World War Z. And it's not what you're thinking. It's not the 
Brad Pitt movie that was it was awful okay that's my 10 second review on that that movie was awful uh, zombies were already already were played out nobody nobody cares about zombies anymore you make a zombie movie okay good good for you hey you, you made a zombie oh man I remember that wasn't the case back in 2000 2003 you remember The Walking Dead you remember how how much noise that that series made I know how much noise that series made I was so into it I was like come on what's gonna happen yeah yeah that that didn't last too long anyway War War Z the book was written what like 2003 I want to say 2004 around there so just at that fever pitch when that's that's what people wanted to see people wanted to see zombies it was just a little bit after the, the resident evil games came out so it was, it was big in the gaming world too and the novel is very different from the movie in the sense that you know the movie is just brad pitt trying to rescue his goofy family and oh you got to go around the world and find out what happened and you can tell by my tone of voice that I was deeply, deeply disappointed with that movie. It's it's just it's two hours I'm never gonna get back. That's what it is. Okay? If I ever review that movie officially, formally, for the podcast, I think that would be the tagline. Two hours of your life you'll never get back, you know. Cause it wasn't good. It wasn't a good movie. It was somewhat entertaining, but the zombies weren't even realistic like come on dude that's all i'm gonna say like come on but world war z the novel's not like that world war z features like romero zombies you know like night of the living dead zombies the slow ones the you know the moaning ones uh it's very old school in that sense and instead of being a story that focuses on one person it's about it's still about one person, but it's also about the stories of different people. And this one guy just trying to get people to tell their stories. And the cool thing, the, I would say the hook. That's my chair. It's making noises. I don't know why it's making noises, but it is. But the cool thing about World War Z is that it takes place after the end of the world. But not how you think. It's not, oh, he's getting people to tell their stories because the zombies have won it's oh he's getting people to tell their stories because the zombies lost and that's that's really cool because almost every zombie story or novel uh, that existed before and has existed since that's another car how many cars like it's an alley why do i get so many cars it's an alley Okay, let's drop that off. Most stories that feature zombies, it's all about the initial outbreak, the immediate reaction. Oh, what do we do? Or, you know, what happens, like, right away. And then usually the stories will end with, oh, well, the zombies won. Or some of the protagonists lived, most of them died, or they got away. Or There's no real resolution. Once you have zombies, you have zombies. Like, you can't get rid of them. That's how many of these stories treat them. Where World War Z, uh, it's something that happens all over the world. Like the zombies become pandemic. 
but eventually humanity wins back. It's it's a positive book in that sense. But some of the stories that you find in there are very much human. And they tackle all sorts of lives. They, they tackle people who were rich, people who were poor, people who lived in the US, people who lived in Russia, China, Japan. And they're all written really, really well. All the characters are very well written. You get almost zero character development because basically the book's written like like interviews, like the guy's just interviewing people. And so the people are telling their story about what happened to them during their apocalypse, how they survived. And I know you would have to read. I know reading's not popular nowadays. But I guarantee you this one, this book, that's a story you should read. I like it. Features a world that rebuilds after post-apocalypse. I think more movies or more books should be done that way. For a long time I thought that's what uh, The Walking Dead was going to be about. Maybe they get a chance to really rebuild. Just take their lives back. But, well, we know what kind of mess that turned into. And uh, unless we, st we talk about it, the better. So, I've been thinking about that for a bit. You know, just our cultural fascination with the post-apocalyptic. And I think it's because deep down we know, we know what has to happen, we know what's going to happen, we know the kind of damage and the fact that once it starts, it's like a snowball and it's never going to stop and a lot of people are going to die. I can say die, I can say all the mean words that you can't say on other platforms because uh, these words are real. These events are real. I know people have triggers, but they happen. We have to accept that they happen. We have to move on when they happen, because they do. And here I thought I was going to be positive. Let's be positive. Let's talk about something nice. Let's talk about the uh, anime of the year. And uh, I know I talk about anime on the podcast periodically. Which is hilarious because originally I wanted this podcast to be about anime. But I don't talk about as much anime as I should. I know the first episode's about anime, but I, I think if I count anime episodes and non-anime episodes, I think I have more non-anime episodes. We're working on that. We really are. Uh, we're restructuring how we're doing things. This whole series is just a testament to that. I've wanted to do something like this for the longest of time, and now I can. Great. Now I can I can just talk to you, whatever comes to my mind. I'm talking to you right now. So, anime of the year. That one's an easy one. Lots of great animes this year. Spy and Family. <laughs> Spy and Family is the anime of the year. It's not even close. I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of good ones coming in October. Um... I think Attack on Titan is finally going to end after, I don't know, when did it start? 2007, 2008? So it's been a solid 13, 14 years, and it's finally going to end. Um, and that's just the one that I can think of off the top of my head. But there's been so many good ones. Ah, My Dress Up Darling was really good. I really like that one. 
Um, a ranking of kings is one that got a lot of talk, uh, a lot of hype. I know Chainsaw Man's supposed to come out at some point this year, and people are super excited about that. I haven't read the manga yet, so I'm just going to be tentatively. I'm going to check it out, see what it's all about. But yeah, uh, anime of the year is easy. That's a that's an easy one. It's Spy and Family. Um, I knew nothing about that show, nothing about the storyline. I just knew people were hyped. They were like, oh my god, this is coming, and it hasn't it's not a new thing they've been like that since 2019 so this is before the pandemic it was supposed to come out it was delayed then the pandemic happens it doesn't come out finally it comes out and it's everything people wanted it to be and i can see that i was immediately hooked onto it episode one and that's even before your <laughs> once uh once they introduced your i was like yep anime of the year wife of the year easy easy it's not even close I can spend another 20 minutes talking about why that is. But if you haven't seen Spy and Family, check it out. It's wholesome. It's nice. It's There's a lot of mystery to it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of ways it can go. Like I like when a show or a movie is open-ended in that sense that where's it going? What's going to happen? Anything can happen. It's all realistically possible. I know some people don't like that. I love that. And that's Spy and Family. Um, I know that I could probably get ahead and start reading the manga, but this is one of those animes where I'm not going to do that. I want to be thoroughly surprised by everything that happens. So, yeah. Also, I think uh, My Hero Academia is coming out later on this year. I know people are, are excited about that. Um, I'm a fan. I'm not a huge fan. If anything, I started watching because my sister loves it. The little one, she really likes it. Um... But I even think, I think even her, I think she's kind of over it. But um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I know it's the manga's close to ending, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, anime of the year. That's my call for it. Um, maybe it doesn't win. Uh, I know there's been a, good, a lot of good ones. I already said that, but that's, that's what I thought. Also, another cool thing that happened that uh, I didn't think was going to happen, but we got it. It was uh, a new Dr. Stone. That was cool. We got like an OBA. It's like... 40 minutes, like 50 minutes, something along those ways. It's, it's longer than a regular episode. That was... I so thoroughly enjoyed that. I was not expecting them to do that. I know season 2 is going to come out sooner rather than later. Not this year, probably next year. But the fact that we got new Dr. Stone, like an OVA. Yes, yes. I thoroughly, thoroughly like that. I saw that the other day. I totally want to watch it again this time in english so i'm gonna wait for the english dub before i watch it again because that's how i saw it the first time first time in japanese and then the second time in english i wanted to compare it's a good dub um i would totally recommend the dub over the sub if you only want to watch it once most of the time i, I watch things twice or three times anyway but uh it's up to you what am i currently watching this is uh something that i'm always going to address somewhat on these episodes of little talks so what am i watching i'm watching overlord i actually went back and re-watched the previous three seasons 
simply because I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know what? I really, really like that anime. I know it's a power trip fantasy. It's not something that a lot of people like, but I did. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I love the world building and um, I want to see what they do. But I also, I was trying to remember like the main story beats and I couldn't remember them. So I was like, okay, let's uh, just watch this again. And I did, and I didn't think that we were going to get a new season. And then I saw a TikTok that, oh, hey, new season Overlord. And I was like, whoa, that's a, uh, that one's, what is it, four years, five years since uh, the last season of that came out? I wasn't expecting that. So good surprises. See, sometimes we have good surprises. So I'm watching the new uh, episodes of Overlord. I saw the first one, and uh, it's a setup episode. Um, nothing special about it. I haven't seen the latest one that came out a couple days ago, so I got that to look forward to. I'm gonna watch that. We'll talk about that later on in another episode. Of, in another episode of Little Talks, uh, rewatching Gurren Logon. I should be taking notes. I want to do like an anthology of that. I should be taking notes. I should have taken notes. I wasn't taking notes, so I'm gonna have to rewatch that again. That might be a while. Don't don't hold your breath for that anthology series to start because it's gonna be a while. <laughs> And um, there's a couple, there's three animes that I have to watch. I haven't seen any of them. I have to watch them. I really want to watch them. It's uh, season three of Kaguya-sama. Because it's Kaguya-sama. I have to watch season three. And then the other two, Ranking of Kings. My co-workers raving about that. I have to watch it. It's a lot of people raving about Ranking of Kings uh, as it was playing. I think it's done now, so... I didn't want to watch it episode to episode, so now I'm going to just watch it. Not in one sitting, but, you know, I can watch it till the end of either the story or the end of the season. That's good. And then um, Fruits Baskets, because I haven't seen, like, a romantic comedy in a while. I just realized that the other day as I was thinking about what I was watching. I haven't watched anything with romance in it in a while. And... I don't want to go and watch the usual stuff I watch when, whenever I get that that desire. I want to watch something new. So you got Fruits Baskets, uh, Made Samas, also an anime I've never seen, but people people rave about it. And then you have Kamisama Kiss. I don't know about those last two. I'm, I, I don't like watching too many animes at once. At the most, I can watch four or five at once. I know some people can only watch one at once. I think my sister's that way. But um, at the most, uh, I want to start watching those other two. And, of course, and I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud of this. I'm so late. Um, I'm watching One Piece. Um, at the Alabasta arc, or just the start, they're in the desert already. That's, that's where they're at. And uh, Chopper's there. And uh, BV's there. And I know there's like better characters just on the horizon. So I'm excited. I know there's so much more left to watch. But I'm still excited. I, I, I want to see what happens. Because I'm at the point where it's supposed to get really good. And I don't know how I could get any better. Because that last arc, the Chopper arc. Oh man. That's that's really good. I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that way more than I thought I was going to. Because uh, when I started watching One Piece, it was just simply out of curiosity. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. It was just, I want 
why people like this? That was my question. Like, what could be so interesting and special and likable about pirates? And uh, here we are. <laughs> here we are, aren't we? So, uh, good stuff. Like, good stuff. That's what I'm watching. Um, that's going to change as we have these little talks. Obviously, I'll finish some seasons. And um, I'll start talking about some of these anime uh, more in detail. Like, I could probably do, like, a couple episodes. At least two episodes on Spy and Family for what it is now. I don't want to do that just yet. I think I'm going to wait until the second part is... Uh, the second part airs in October of this year. That's a while. Like, at the very least, I can start a script on that. And there's so many scripts that I can start and work on them little by little. So yeah, that's what we're watching. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, just drop them. Send me an email. Send me whatever. Tell me. Tell me. I'm always looking for things to watch. Anime-wise, uh, as far as like real-life shows, um, that one's hard. There's so much to watch. Uh, that one's hard. I, I was watching Resident Evil, the new series, and I didn't enjoy that. Um, I could probably make an episode about that, but I didn't enjoy that. Not one bit. Okay. Let's kind of wrap it up. I got one final thing that I want to talk about, and this probably deserves its own episode. I probably should have just... I could probably just make a whole episode about this. But I'm just going to mention it like in the last 10 minutes or something. Maybe the last 20 minutes. We'll see how long it takes. And that's Marvel Fatigue. I have Marvel Fatigue. I don't care what happens anymore. Should I? I mean, should I care? I actually asked my coworker, one of my coworkers, that I'm like, I tell him, dude, I got Marvel Fatigue. I, and the new Doctor Strange movie dropped. It's on Disney Plus, and I have zero desire to watch it i don't care I, I made an episode on the podcast about wandavision i was really excited where's wandavision going the different styles i didn't like how that ended i don't even think i watched it the end. i was just like uh, I, I don't care i really should make an episode that to kind of just close that that because i made one so i should just make another one but hey this is why why I didn't like WandaVision. I mean, the short of it is, is that... I, she was in so many movies and I still don't feel like any kind of emotional connection to her. And I prob that's probably on me. Um, that's probably on me. I mean, they did a really good job with developing her trauma and... Uh, you know, her losing vision. It's a big deal. But I have Marvel fatigue, so I just don't care. Then the Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or the Falcon and the Winter Falcon. I don't know what it's called. That one came out. I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. I have not seen a single episode of that. Uh, Hawkeye came out. I didn't watch that either. The Eternals. I won't watch that. Um, the only movie that I've seen, which is, I guess is like Phase 4. Oh, was uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw that. And I'm not going to lie to you. I saw that for all the wrong reasons. I absolutely knew the other Spider-Men were coming. That was the worst kept secret in Hollywood. It really was. Uh, but yeah. 
I, I don't care. I, I feel bad that I don't care, but at the same time, I don't feel anything. I just don't care. Uh, the new Thor is out. My, my folks went to watch that. Well, my mom did, but my sister. Uh, they didn't even bother to tell me because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't care. I keep. I'm, I'm like a broken record at this point. Um, I guess the reason for it, I was thinking about that. Like, I've been thinking about that for a couple weeks now. And the reason for it, I guess, has to be because the first, the Infinity um, Stone arc, or the the Thanos arc. I don't know what people call it, but the first four, uh, first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe the MCU, you know? They were long. That's a lot of movies. What is it? 20 movies? 21 movies? Around there? Plus, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which they reminded me about that yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing, too. I did watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, that was a lot, man. That was a lot of uh, a lot of time invested, a lot of excitement. Uh, I was telling my coworker that... Uh, a lot of people right now watching them back to back. They're enjoying them, but man, we we waited. The people who were on top of it, we we waited two years between Infinity War and Endgame, and in between that, we had that awful Captain Marvel movie that came out. Yes, it was awful. I'm, I'm not gonna get off that rock. It wasn't good. Okay, it was so good, in fact, that right now they're talking about Phase Four, like all the Phase Four projects that I've seen, and no one's talking about uh, Captain Marvel. There's a Miss Marvel and some other chick, but. Uh, no, no Captain Marvel. I don't. I haven't seen Brie Larson in anything. No, no one's talking about her, so I don't know what's happening there. Maybe they are making a Captain Marvel too, and I just don't know. Let me know. But uh, yeah, no one's talking about that. So, am I really ready to invest my time into more Marvel? Especially since now they're talking about Fantastic Four and X Men and oh. Look, I like those guys just fine. I grew up watching X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four. I've always wanted them to do that right. They've never done it right. But um, I guess they're going to get a chance now. Maybe my fatigue's gone by then and maybe I'll check it out. But then it's like, oh, you got to go back and watch this if you want to understand this one. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. Because I, I just don't know. Like, I don't... I don't even like watching anime episode to episode. Because that's how we used to do it before. Nowadays, it's just... I'll wait three episodes and then I'll watch. That's how I am. So, to continue to do that... With Marvel movies to kind of see where they're going with it. And maybe they're prepping something great. I don't know. I've heard, like, whispers of Kang and... Galactus and... Uh, there's other big baddies that, you know, I know they're setting up. And they're talking about, like, interdimensional travel, which could mean that they um, incor incorporate Sony movies into the mix. I mean, basically, they did that with Spider-Man once. So, there's a lot to potentially be excited about. I'm not... I am by no means of the imagination saying that all the current movies 
that the MCU is making that they're bad. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I don't think it's a bad movie. I haven't seen the Thor movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I've heard a few people complain about Thor. I heard people complain about Doctor Strange. But people complain about everything. You can't make anyone happy. You know, like, not anyone. Everyone. Uh, you can't please everyone. You just have to please as many people as possible. But, um, yeah, man. Marvel fatigue. That's a real thing. I didn't think it was, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen to me, but it did. Uh, so now I'm here just kind of writing it out, just questioning myself. Is that, is that a train I want to get on again? You know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting off the train for a little bit, you know. Heck, I know a lot of people who never got on a train who, you know, when everybody was geeking out about, oh, you know, Endgame and, oh, the combination, the culmination, and everybody's like, what? Could I just watch these? And I'm like, what? No, you gotta, you gotta watch this, and you gotta watch that. And I'm like, wow, so many requirements. No, I understand. I understand why people maybe don't want to make that kind of investment anymore. And it's also the reason why earlier on I was talking about the Resident Evil series. That's another car. More cars, lots of cars. Do I really want to waste seven hours of my life watching the last seven episodes? Does it get better? Like, does anyone know? Like, is it better than before? Because that... Oh my god, that first episode. <laughs> it was awful. It was like... Oh man, like, I was yelling at the TV, like... That's not good. That's not what you want me to do. You don't want me yelling at the TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, I could probably keep on, keep on, but um, I don't want these little talks to get too long. I thought I, thought I wasn't going to have enough content for 30 minutes, and here we are at the 50-minute mark, 51-minute mark. So that's a success. Okay, so that's one of my watches going off. Four minutes before seven. It's seven o'clock but apparently that watch is four minutes fast that's what you're hearing i'm not editing it out i'll edit the gasp and all the weird noises um but uh everything else stays because that's how we talk because that's what we did we had a little talk um so closing statements i want you all to do the best that you can do today and if you find yourself thinking i wasted the day i didn't get this done i didn't get this other thing done don't worry about it too much you know, you have tomorrow. You'll always have tomorrow. That's a dangerous notion, though, because, you know, procrastination and such. But don't beat yourself up too much about what you could do today. Instead, be ready, be prepared, go to sleep with the notion that tomorrow is another day. And the sun will rise, and the birds will chirp, and life will go on. No matter what happens out there no matter what kind of craziness we see life will go on and it's up to us to keep going on with it too um thank you guys for being here for listening i hope it was at the very least entertaining and if it's not eh, uh we're we're trying we're trying we're gonna keep trying um y'all take care of yourselves and you know just beware the wasteland it's a dangerous world out there that's why i keep telling you guys just you know it's dangerous Watch yourselves.